Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Good afternoon, everyone. Sorry about that. I don't know what the heat cup was, but you know when you're dealing with technology, that's what it's all about. I'm your host, Technicia. I have been doing this show since 2014, and I have all walks of life. I have had guests on talk about holistic healing, spiritual guidance. We have talked to the dead, the unknown. We have talked about sex, everything that you could possibly think about, sex trafficking. We have discussed probably mostly every subject on this show from your body parts, how your body structure, everything from chakras, it's all mixed in there. But today we got some good weather going on here in Atlanta, Georgia. It is raining. So it gives you the time for the pollen to cool down and relax all my sneezes because I know a lot of people got allergies going on. So this gives us time to commemorate in this month. Wonderful season that we're having. It's, you know, Georgia, it's bipolar. But anyhow, I am so blessed to be here with you guys today. It is wonderful. We are going live on Blog Talk Radio, and we also going live on Periscope. And if you are watching the replay, make sure you share it with your friends, your family, or whoever, because someone needs this value. And if you know of anyone of the information that we are giving today that needs this, share with them. Adding value to someone's life is very important to me. But here with me is Lily Sanders, as I gave you a little snip preview. Her book is Truth to Triumph, A Spiritual Guide to Finding Your Truth. Lily Sanders' life experiences, adversity, talent, sense of humor, and intense compassion has gifted her a purpose to write, influence, and coach others. As a magazine columnist, Lily inspired thousands while writing her own powerful book, The Triumph. Her newly international release book, Truth to Triumph, A Spiritual Guide to Finding Your Truth, has already begun transforming lives, and you just don't know how many. It's wonderful. She grew up in a domestically violent home and used ballet class as her sanctuary. Performing and producing was her dream since she was a young child. She later went on as a professional dancer and landed interesting gigs as a dance contestant on Ed McMahon's Star Search. And I grew up on that show, so I, oh, interesting. And a showgirl dancer on Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey Circus. She continued on to a promising acting career and won various off-Broadway roles in a day player role on ABC's One Life to Live. My mom will be so proud. That's her favorite soap opera. Years later, she married birthed a beautiful child, and became a highly successful entrepreneur in the franchise world. Sadly, Lily suffered behind a veil of silence for 14 years as she found herself back in a domestically violent home as a battered wife. The good news is that the lessons she learned and awakening she had transformed her into the inspirational, insightful, and thought-provoking author, speaker, and coach that she is today. Lily specializes in transition and spiritual guidance through her book. 
speaking engagements, and coaching. She helps others see through all the minutiae and life situations to gain clarity and focus on their sole purpose. No matter what someone's story is, Lily is not about holding on to stories. Rather, she teaches others how to stop seeing themselves as a victim and instead learn how to use these experiences to become an empowered expression of love and truth. Teaching others how to hold on to that love and truth while navigating through the situations is what she mirrors and masters. Her message is love. And you can learn so much more at lilysanders.life where you can get all the information. And we'll also be glad to tell you where you can purchase the book at the end of the show. So stay tuned. And if you tune in and really listen and become my number one fan, I'll end up purchasing you one of these books. So first and foremost, Lily, I want to thank you so much for taking out time to be here with me and my listeners. Hi, thank you so much. It's exciting to be here. It's nice to finally uh, voice meet you. Yes, and it's a pleasure getting a chance to actually read your book. Um, and first and foremost, you dedicated this book to your son. Why, why was did. that? Well, I mean, anyone that has children and, you know, they're, of course, the not just your, 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 the joy of your life, but, you know, my son has uh, been a higher part of my life growing up, you know, as he was growing up. So he, he went through a lot of transition uh, more than, you know, other children that have not gone through what he went through. So because of that, I wanted to dedicate it to him just so that he knew that, you know, how perfect and significant that he was in uh, the canvas of this universe. Oh, awesome. And in the beginning of your book, we talk about suffering and pain. I know the two sound so similar to most people, but pain mm. is something that we pain is something that we could get over just like a scratch. Okay, I heal it up, band-aid it, it's over with. But suffering is a long duration. How do we come to terms with even getting over suffering? Yeah, that yeah, that's a great question, Technisha. Pain Pain is inevitable. We're all going to experience pain in our lives. Uh, You know, we wouldn't be human if we did not experience pain at one point, you know, or another in our life. So different, though, is that we have choices uh, to take that opportunity to really transfer that pain into peace or it turns into suffering. Most of us turn it into suffering. Uh, and, and in fact, my book, Truth to Triumph, is about learning, is really all about how we can turn our pain into peace. And it, you know, really depends, you know, uh, we all kind of fall into that bottomless pit of pain that we, you know, we really start to use in our lives to, to, to suffer. And the question is, how long are we willing to suffer? Uh, some of us go this entire lifetime and many lifetimes, <laughs> you know, layers and layers of of pain from many lifetimes, but some of us really wind up, uh, we're either going to awaken or we're not, you know, we might, you know, end this life and, 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 end sadly, uh, in suffering and in, um, everything that comes along with suffering, whether you're lonely or whether you, you have disease, you've died from illness or whether you died of a lonely heart, whatever it is, there's many, many elements to suffering. But so the question is, are we willing to, end the suffering, and really take that that portal, if you will, into peace. Okay. Now, 
Lily, I didn't get into it, but can you give us a little background on your life? I know I got into a little snip peek of it, but tell us in a little more detail if you don't mind. Okay, you did a really good job, actually. Um, oh, I, I, I could probably add a little few things, uh, sum up, sum it up between, I guess, over 10 decades of my life, um, which, by the way, yes, that's very funny uh, that your mom loved one life to live, one life to live. I mean, who didn't love one life to live? So that was kind exactly. of a little, a, a, a nice, yeah, it's kind of a nice dream that I was, I realized, you know, because when I was a kid, we all used to watch One Life to Live, General Hospital, you know, all those daytime soaps after yes. school instead of doing our homework. <laughs> but um, I, and, <laughs> and here I was, you know, uh, in my late 20s and even early 30s in, you know, as a day player, I was a nurse. Uh, so basically when everyone, you know, when someone wound up in the hospital, and you know how those daytime soaps are, there's always someone in the hospital, um, I, I got called in for work. And, um, but, you know, like, I guess if we were to rewind a little bit, I was, I was born, just like you had said, I, uh, I had um, been raised in the suburbs of New York, and I was born in Connecticut. Um, and, you know, my, my dad was a very, he was violent. And my mom was very timid, very depressed. And so there were definitely a lot of challenges to overcome. Uh, the, the good news is that when I was that little girl, three or four years old, I did have these dreams and these aspirations. Uh, and, and those of which, you know, I realized by the time I was the age of 23, which was, which was, which was great. Uh, I, by the time I was 23, I was already on stage in Hollywood with Ed McMahon, and I was a, a contestant on there. Possibly uh, you or your mom had seen me. <laughs> um, I lost by a quarter of a point. Um, but, you know, I just felt like a winner. I, I believe that we're all winners. There's a little story, what, you know, when I met Ed uh, after the show was over and it was done airing, uh, it was done um, taping, um, there was an after, you know, an, like an after party. And I remember going over to Ed McMahon, and uh, and and I, I had asked him. I said, you know, can can you take a picture with me? And I said, I'm one of the losers. And I'll never forget. He looked at me <laughs> very, very sincerely. I, I know, very sincerely. And he said, No one here is a loser. Everyone is a winner. And I never ever forgot that because he really meant it. And um, and it was really an aha moment to me that yeah, you know, it's, this is true. You know that. That, you know, the, the audition was enormous. There were thousands and thousands of some of the most fierce dancers in, in, in Manhattan and all around the whole uh, Northeast that was there in the Minsk rehearsal uh, studios. I remember that really, really clearly. And um, I knew I had so much uh, drive and tenacity and confidence as far as my dance went. And as far as my acting went, I had a lot of confidence. I also was a fierce dancer, and I knew that. You know, because uh, as you mentioned in my bio earlier to the listeners, you know, my wasn't so much that it was my out to go to dance class, but it was really my passion. And thank goodness that was one place I was allowed to go to. I was allowed to, you know, participate in was dance class. And so dance became my sanctuary. And because of that, I really I really became a proficient dancer in, in back in that day. So in any event forward i also wound up um after star search 
I wound up uh, coming back to New York and I was on a roll of auditioning and uh, the next audition I had, I also won, which was oddly enough, it was a showgirl uh, dancer for Ringling Brothers, Barnum Bailey Circus. And uh, we all know the circus, which that iconic circus has now closed, right, last year, several months ago. Um, and that was interesting because, uh, you know, I found myself living in this three foot by six foot train car and I thought, oh my goodness, this is not the army I signed up for. It was like smaller than anyone's closet. I mean, that little train three by six foot included my bed, a little sink in the corner. And, and I had to basically store all of my clothing and everything that I needed to survive. So it was a little, that was a little interesting um, but it was a great year. I met many different people from all walks of life, all cultures, Bulgarians and Romanians and um, uh, the Republic of China and, um, and, and Mexico and Italy. And uh, we, we just had everyone, all walks of life. And, of course, the American people were the dancers and a lot of the clowns. Anyway, uh, now fast forward, 17 years went by. Technician, mm-hmm. 17 years, and I'd like your listeners to understand this. It wasn't okay. that I went from this domestically violent home and then, right. boom, fell in love, got married, and went into this domestically violent home of my own. That's not what happened, which was really the head-scratcher here, which is why I love people to know that. So it's not like I just kept falling into this. In fact, within the 17 years, I had two very loving relationships. It's just that when you're in the entertainment world, um, you're not looking to settle down. You're not looking for this long-term forever relationship because you're still trying to build yourself, you know, and, and try and get to that, that big place, you know, even if it's, you know, uh, you know, that those big goals uh, as a dancer. And then after that, I went into acting. So I had big goals that way. So all of a sudden, uh, when I was on my way to what I felt was my purpose at the time, as a performer, as an artist, I took this 180 pivot into what I call, um, if, and I think you said you read the book, uh, that, that chapter that says the path left of center. So that being involved with, you know, one first uh, marriage, which, you know, uh, was a highly unconscious marriage, and then um, getting pregnant, having my child, divorced within five years, and then falling right into a second marriage. So basically I went like from one damaged man to the next. Um, and I was building three, I built three very successful franchises and I, and, and was raising my child, did this all behind this veil of silence that we talk about. Now that was not the Oscar that I was dreaming of. That was not the big goal, you know? So I, I, I always said it took not one tall building, but two tall buildings to fall over my head before I had my awakening. But the good news is, for anyone that's listening, it, you know, if you, everyone has their own story, but it's, it's really not so much about the story. It's really what I did with my past experiences, with the story, because in all seriousness, they really were all amazing life lessons that got me exactly to where I am today. And I'm in a fantastic place. See, that's good. That's definitely good to know. And as you said, we all have our stories. Different. It's basically, it's basically on how we change the ending of that story. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, it, it, even more so is how we just completely rewrite it 
you know, uh, you know, all of that garbage in, in, in our past and, and things that we just never want to revisit, but we also don't want to suppress it. We just want to let it, just let it go, you know, so that you're not trapped in them. You don't want to be trapped in your stories. Otherwise, that's how you create your own suffering. And here's that word suffering again. So really to circle back to what you just had originally asked, which was a great question, you know, that difference between pain and suffering, um, because suffering serves no purpose other than to make us unhappy. You know, in fact, suffering is the number one cause for disease and even death. And we all know this. By 2018, we all know this. So when you store yeah. those unhappy stories, they keep playing in our minds over and over and over again. So you never heal. Uh, and you never, you never get to experience or breathe in the beauty and the love in the here and now because you are trapped in this old story. It's like a broken record that keeps skipping and repeating, you know, never getting to the next note. You know, so but once we can be aware um, that we're holding on to it, then we could say, you know, you have zero power over me. I mean, I even suggest to people, talk to the mind and tell it, talk to the story, talk to the mind, talk to what the commentary that's going on in there, you know, and say, get behind me, get away from me, go, bye-bye. You have zero power over me. You are not who I am. You are just an old story, you know? And conversely, just because you don't talk about a story doesn't mean that you've let it go mm-hmm. either, in, you know? In fact, what I found, Technicia, is that many of us have volumes of stories, you know, conveniently stacked in these bookshelves that I call in Truth to Triumph our mental warehouse, right, that, that we reach for every time we choose to suffer. So, you know, when, when we've forgotten our truth, we suffer. We feel pain. We hurt. We agonize. We grieve. This is all forms of suffering that stems from pain. But when we let it go, we love. And we have the power within us. That magic can generate feelings of love, of joy, and understanding every single moment of every single day. But we've got to let go of the old unhappy stories. We do, and I found that to be so true. And when I first began to read your book, we all have these stories. They're still there no matter if we don't talk about them anymore. They're still there, and they can complicate our lives later on down the road if we don't get a handle on them because they start to consume our life. And I know that for a fact. You start going back down memory lane, open up the old chapters in them wounds. Oh, well, this is what happened. Never letting go of it. And sometimes... You know, supportive action is very good in your life when you're going through those crises and those situations. You know, throughout your um, book, I was interested because you love Cinderella, and I'm and I'm sure during those times you had people to actually who made little records and narrated because um, mm. I grew up in the 80s. But at that time, why was mm. Cinderella so much of a, a fascination for you? Because well, I know we all know how her story ended. She married the Prince Charming, and every little girl yes. wanted to be like him. Yes, I, I talk about that in the first chapter. Uh, yeah, back in the days uh, that I was growing up, that was a very common form of entertainment, uh, specifically for uh, low-income, you know, poor households. We used to listen to records, you know, if you didn't have a television or um, – you know, you didn't have, you know, forget about computers. They didn't even exist. But, you know, that was what we did, you know. Um, 
You know, I wasn't going to any kind of activities with other children. So I would sit and listen on the floor next to my mom and dad's bed. Uh, it was a wooden floor, and I would play this record. I had many, but, but this was the one that I really resonated with. And if you remember in that first chapter, um, I, I used to just listen to it, and uh, I, I liked the um, – I liked everything about it. When I, as I would listen to it, I would also look at the the, the jacket of, you know, oh, yeah. of, which is you know those pictures, very colorful pictures, and uh, uh, in fact, it's on Amazon. I found it. <laughs> and, awesome. Um, That's I, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I need to go back. Uh, I think I actually. I don't remember if the record itself melted in my mom's attic, but I, I'm pretty sure I'm hoping that I still have that in storage. But um, in any event, I mean, it, it was to me, and, and remember, I was young, and this is how impressionable I was and also how in-tuned I was uh, to things that I, was, I felt was really much deeper than this body that houses our soul. I really right. start, I really felt things at soul level, if you will. And I, I really related to her struggle and her challenge through, you know, her sisters, you know, her stepsisters, you know, were abused and her real dad, um, uh, you know, her, her dad, you know, she was living with the dad and the stepmom and, now, mind you, this was not my life, but her struggle, her, her pain, her, her suffering, I related to because she, you know, she had a lot of verbal abuse. She had a lot of emotional abuse, and she was just kind of looking for um, love and peace and happiness. And, of course, we all know she was looking for the prince, and she fit the shoe, and happily ever after. Um, when I – there was a, a the song uh, that was sung – and it was the theme song. And I put the lyrics in the book because those lyrics are what I woke up to when I was 50 years old. And I'm living in this, my apartment in Manhattan. And I uh, woke up to the lyrics, uh, to the tune in my head. So, okay, I'm going to go with this. You know, by this point, I'd had my awakening and I was having kind of lucid dreams to begin with. So I'm listening to the tune. And so I start to kind of hum it aloud and then I start to sing the words and I was I I remembered every single word I ran to the computer I wrote it down and that wound up in the book now listen if I can I'm no singer but uh well we can all sing I suppose but (laughs) I'm not I don't profess to be a great singer but I want everyone to listen to the words to this because this is what inspired me that I realized was etched in my heart for for five decades, five decades, the story of Cinderella can come true for me and you. Look to the new day and the happiness that's in it. Even if it's raining, don't let your dreams fade, not even for a minute. Now, I mean... Don't, don't help me, Lil. I'll be listening to you growing up. Right? I would have. You, don't? you have one day storytelling voices. I would have actually been glued to the TV listening to you. That was so uh, perfect. Thank, oh, well, thank you. Thank you. So, and I said, wow. I actually really, I, I, 
I must have really, this just etched in my heart and my brain and my soul, you know? Uh, And so I was always looking for, you know, that better day where, you know, uh, looking for the new day, the happiness that's in it, right? Even if it's raining, right? So what I found was, and now I'm over 50, I won't say exactly how old. I mean, I'm not ashamed of my age, but I will say this. Really, this was the fable of all fables, was what I found, was my prince, my prince charming technicia was the very essence of who I was. It was coming to love myself. It was coming into holy matrimony with myself, my inner child. And this is a huge, huge thing to to be enlightened with. And this was uh, a huge, just, uh, it was just so uplifting. And what a difference between how I see and uh, things today and, and the lens that I, I live my life and see my life through today as opposed to those years behind me. World of difference. Right. And, and I was thinking of the fact because we talked a little bit about your son, how he got prepared for school. You, you wanted to encourage that inner peace within the home, but it wasn't always that way. And I thought about my friend who talked to me weeks ago of her abuse relationship and dealing with psychopaths of how they think. They think almost like a child. They'll tell you one thing, and then they'll come back and say the opposite, and you're confused, like, wait a minute, but you told me you did this. Well, no, I, I didn't tell you that, and they'll have you so warped. Uh, she went through so much. She uh, ended up with depression. She had cancer. So, I mean, these type of people take you through so much, and it's, um, as she was telling me, it's not that you don't see the signs because you actually, you notice the signs right then and there in these relationships. It's just that you don't know of them. You can't detect them because you haven't been taught what these signs are. And it's a, it is an author. Um, oh, well, I can't think of his name all of a sudden. It just blinked out my mind, but he has a book out where he talks of this and gives you the 30 signs that are actually there that you notice up front. But you just don't know of them, but you see them, but you okay, I'm not aware. Is that abuse or is that verbal abuse or, or what's going on? But Lila, I guess what I'm getting to is why do you suppose it took you so long to actually run for your life? What what held you back? Yeah, um, good point. One word, Technicia, fear. The absence of okay. love. It's that simple, yes. and yet it's that tragic. Because what happens is, and it's interesting, because I, I don't know if you remember the part where um, I, I kind of address the myths that people have, that people have been taught in this world about yes. um, domestic violence and, you know, these myths that people say, which are absolutely ridiculous. And I uncover those myths. As someone who lived that and as someone who, you know, has worked with plenty of people and I understand it and I get it, um, that, you know, are, it's all about fear. You know, people are not, you know, women or men, they're not looking, you know, to get hurt. They're not looking for pain in their life. It's, you know, they're not 
You know, they're not turned on by makeup, sex, after they're beat. That's all a bunch of nonsense, you know, and I won't even waste time going into that. But when you read Truth to Triumph, if any listeners pick up a copy, um, it's very interesting. You know, I kind of, I I point out those myths and I I shoot them right down with the truth, which is, which I love. And uh, one of the big things about many of us um, that are, maybe in this dark place in our life and or are in the midst of, you know, some area where they're, they're maybe in an abusive situation and it doesn't have to be violent. It can be verbal, uh, it could be emotional. It could also be, there's a lot of financial abuse that, that people go through. Uh, in any event, uh, abuse is abuse, but right. the reason why some of us, the reason why I stayed so long is was just completely was fear. Um, when you're living with someone that um, threatens you constantly, that you have seen bash in, you know, anywhere from 10 to 14 doors, you know, within nine years, um, that you have seen, you know, pull doors off of, you know, off the molding. <laughs> when you've seen them throw screen screen doors into the pool and you know and when you've seen all when you felt all the bruises and the knocks and you know you know throwing up vomiting from being hit so hard on the head you start to believe those people I mean uh, really no one walks anyone else's walk so I'm telling all these listeners throw out those myths don't believe what you taught it's not true no one wants to be no one's looking for abuse in their life no one's looking for pain no one likes Mm -hmm. no one gets off on that so trust me when I tell you, but what they do experience is, is fear. And what I found was after my awakening, my own personal awakening to coming to my truth and who I am and, and, and everything that I am and everything that I love and I'm worthy of, of everything else that everyone else in the world is worthy of was that I was also I was prob- I was also in fear of really looking within and finding what that truth was. So it was kind of wow. a two, you know, kind of a double-edged sword, you know, but mostly, yeah, what took me so long to run for my life was just fear. I didn't want my son, you know, I always felt that I wouldn't be protected, you know, if I called the authorities. I always felt that, you know, he'd come back and kill me and I would, you know, be in a dumpster somewhere and my son would not have a mommy. And also, you know, all of these threats, uh, which I, I always believed and uh, it always instilled fear in me. You know, if you, you know, if you do this, if, if, you, if you don't put this name on my house, I'm going to burn it down with you in it. You know, I, I really believed that um, I knew he physically had the power to burn it down. And, but I also knew that he was that emotionally unstable you know, and this kind of living very highly unconscious that I just believe I bought into it all. And so I was afraid. Well, of course, of course you were living because guys of his nature are con artists. They're, they're professional con artists. That's what I like to call them. Con that's what they are. And yeah, that's good, I about that. Mm-hmm. And as far as it goes with the police, I don't think, like, they know of these situations, but they're not trained. It's just like going to school, and you could take medical classes, but you're still not properly trained for this area of expertise. So I think that has a lot to do with it, too. And it's, 
it's so hard when it's involving children because it's such as I said with my friend, her children are in danger. Court gave the, granted him the sole custody of the children. It's like, okay, now my children are involved. And, of course, in my situation, I would love to pull the trigger and shoot you. But then you have a whole army of officers around you that are ready to lock and load. So your mind is going through so much. I can't, I can, I can mm. definitely empathize because by the end of the day, I'm a woman and I'm a mom. So, you know, we have to empower ourselves and we have to do what we can to stand up because this world, it feels like we're being defeated. And for one, being a woman out here, it's, it's definitely a struggle. And I can definitely understand. And as you said in your book, this book is not about being positive. It's about getting you to that innate mind state to get you out of thinking. Yeah. Because we don't need to keep thinking. We need to get into the action and, and actually doing it. But I want to take a short commercial break. I want to come back with Lily because we want to talk about um, letting go of the stories. We want to talk about the inner dialogue. So do not go anywhere, listeners. We'll be right back after this short commercial break. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Blog, 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 Talk, Blog Talk Radio, baby. There are many sounds in your day-to-day life. There are sounds that wake you up. Sounds that make you smile. Sounds that energize you. And sounds that help you relax. But there are some sounds that can alert you to danger and can help save lives. Wireless emergency alerts, now on many mobile devices, use a unique sound and vibration to bring you information about severe weather events, amber alerts, or other emergencies in your area. With critical information from local sources you know and trust, you can be in the know, wherever you are. For more information, visit ready.gov alerts. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. We're back with Lily Sanders, who's the author of Truth to Triumph, a spiritual guide to finding your truth. And as we left off, this is not a positive book. This book is to get you out of your thinking state of mind and get you to the innate mind state that we need to be settled on. And Lily has been through life experiences and adversity that many would have been challenged to not go forward. But she has overcome all those obstacles, even with a little sense of humor and her beautiful talent. She has came a long ways. She has grown up in domestic violence home, and then it leads on to other things. But as she said, that's not the jump start of it all. So if you're watching the replay, please make sure you share this with others who need this, who need to hear this. Add that value to their life, please. Make sure you do that. Before we left off, I wanted to get into, Lily, what what can actually someone do when they're ready to face the truth about their situation or the <clears throat> abuser around them? I'm glad that you asked that. I I'm, I'm really am because you were just talking about a friend of yours, and I would like to put this out there for people like your friend and listeners uh, now that are listening. And, yes, for sure, you know, share this. Share this replay so that uh, other people that you know can can be encouraged uh, to you know to uh, get this information. So first, 
peel off the label, peel off the victim label, peel off that victim label and take your power back. In a highly volatile situation, you may need to firmly tell someone to back off or you'll have them removed. That's what you need to do. That's number one. You're not a victim. Refuse to be a victim. That's not you anymore. Back off or I'll have you removed. Second, have an exit plan. You may have to run for your life, and and that's what it may come down to. Um, But that's your race to freedom, and that's your door back home. And when I speak of home, in truth to triumph, as you might might remember, Technicia, I speak of love. So I had to run for my life. When I took my power back and I decided I'm no longer a victim, I'm peeling off that label, and I said to my ex-husband, you know, back off or I'll have you removed, don't get me wrong. I'm being painfully, frankly honest with all of you. I had to run for my life. He basically took my flip phone, took it in half. It was hanging, dangling by wires. It was in two. Um, And I remember running up the stairs, like, you know, four steps at a time running upstairs. And um, uh, my son was upstairs. And um, so you have an exit plan is number two. And I, a trusted friend, a family member's place, anywhere like that where you can run to and have things already packed up and there for you. License, passports, birth certificates, cash, credit cards, spare car keys. My, because my husband even crashed. He, he threw my keys so hard um, that they it, it actually, you know, the way keys are today, Technicia, they have like all the those components inside to kind of unlock and lock and the alarm and everything well it was completely smashed so uh have your spare car keys ready important numbers all of that if you have children have their book bags school books uniforms clothes whatever and also their passports birth certificates all of that has to be packed never alarm the children stay very present be calm Tell them that you're taking care of everything and that you love them and that you're making everything safe for them and that everything will be okay, which is what I did for my, with my son. Um, I basically, I did, I went into zero story. I, you know, packed up the bags. I had, you know, we had all the bags packed and, um, um, cause when, when the police were out looking for him, um, and I, I had, my friend was going to put us up. And she prepared her husband as well. And I went there with uh, my son and these two boys uh, from Korea that I was that was living with us as well. And um, we um, we went there. And I didn't say anything. I just said, "Mommy's taking care of everything. Uh, everything's going to be okay. I'm just making us safe, and I'm fixing everything." And that's all I said. Uh, of course, the insides of me were, you know, falling apart. I was, you know, it was just a, a whirlwind. Always, always enforce a sense of love and safety for your children. Three, call the authorities and call the authorities immediately. Always call the authorities. They have your back, I promise. Trust them to help and protect you. They will. Promise that they will. I was so fearful that they wouldn't, and and they really, really did. In fact, they put a panic alarm in my house so that uh, there was 25 panic alarms in all of these two counties, Nassau and Suffolk County, which are huge counties, one of those 25 panic alarms I was honored to have in my house. And that means that when you press that button, 
uh, it bypasses Central Station and any police in the area, they drop their coffee and run. So it was, uh, they really, really took really good care of me. Uh, and if you're married, uh, look, you need to call a divorce attorney. You need to file for divorce. And I'm not an advocate of divorce. Don't get me wrong. But you're not on this earth to be abused. And your children are not on this earth to uh, witness that and also to be the next ones to be abused. You need to turn the other way and never, ever, ever look back. Because trust me when I tell you, they will come after you like, uh, again, uh, what was the word that you called them? Um, uh, what kind of lawyer did you Oh, yeah, they will come back. Yes, they come back. I love that. I'm going to have to adopt that as that con artist. I'm so sorry. You're, you're this, you're that. You know, I had, um, I had, get it. I had him come to my house and just leave. Um, I had a one, a big white, chalk, uh, a white board, a white board, big hanging like kind of leaning up against the stand-up mailbox you know you will always be my lily i love you blah 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 okay (laughs) you know but i had flowers in my mailbox one day i had a cd a a dvd cd in my mailbox one day about you know uh, about christianity and marriage he tried everything but what you need Mm. to do listeners is you need to every time you get something like that you need to call the authorities. Again, every time you get something, call the authorities. You're sending a message that it's over. If right. you're not sending a message that it's over, then there's still something wrong with you. Then you're still, you're still blocking out love in your life. So you've it got sure to send is. that message that it's over. Yes. It sure is. And by the way, correct. There's something wrong, and you've got to, you've got to do that, in self, that self-inquiry. Um, and, and, and that means again, to circle back to the beginning of our, of our discussion together, technique is that means you want to just keep suffering. You want to keep suffering. You don't want to mm-hmm. keep suffering and you want to move into that beautiful, empowering, loving peace in your life. And that's what you do. Right. And, and you say we should guard our thoughts. Can you elaborate a little more on how it applies to, uh, and applies to parenting? Yeah. So um, if you don't guard your thoughts, that all that negative, unloving narrative that you let in, it becomes mm-hmm. the main source of the mental summary of yourself. And again, oh, okay. this is suffering. This is suffering. You know, um, how many times have you seen a child? Um, and I'm not talking about my child, by the way, but I, I see this a lot. I see this even, I, I see this playground. I, I, it, it makes me crazy. How many times have you actually seen a child or an adult or possibly yourself, a listener, where you've, you've said to yourself or even out loud, little kids, they're so honest that they say it out loud. But how many adults do you know or yourselves that say to yourself, I can't do this, or I'm just not good at this, or I'm never going to do this, or I'm not good enough? Or yes, I, I'm, I'm, nev- I'm not good enough, right? Never. Yep, yep. I'm never going to be successful, or that's not going to be that. That's that's not where I come from. That's ridiculous. That's crazy. You know. So when you know you have to, um, this is going to ring true for your children as well. So when parents act out, 
in this highly unconscious behavior in front of their children, you know, whether it's violence or whether it's verbiage, you know, they're teaching them suffering through experience rather than love through experience. And I talk about this in Truth to Triumph. All children really want to feel is love and peace. And all adults want to feel is love and peace for that matter, right? No one wants to feel fear. No one wants to experience conflict. So when a child experiences verbal attacks from their parents, or they witness verbal attacks between one parent and another, or to a sibling, or from one sibling to another, which, by the way, that went on a lot in my household. I had three siblings. There were four of us. Forget about it. Uh, You know, we used the verbal attacks that went on, and and, and, and my brothers used to fist fight. Trust me, it's because this is what we learned from my father, you know? They, 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 so you, this becomes the mental summary of yourself. So, you know, they, you, they store it in their mental warehouse when they see, when your children see one parent to another, one parent to a sibling, one sibling to another sibling, they store it in their mental warehouse. Now that negative verbiage creates an internal mental dialogue that says, oh, so this is who I am. So, so for those listeners today that are aware of this internal conflict, don't buy into yeah. it. Know that you are amazing and loving and perfect, capital P-E-R-F-E-C-T, just the way you are in this moment. Whatever you are, wherever you are in this moment, love it. And teach this to your children. I am so tired of hearing children think and say out loud that they're not good enough at something. Teach your children to guard their thoughts. And if you're a parent, guard your mouth. So we want to teach our children. When we see that our children are, you know, uh, buying into that and they say something aloud, you've got to, you've got to teach them, correct them. Oh, no, no, no. You know, uh, it's not really so much as a parent. Oh, uh, mommy's so proud of you or daddy's so proud of you. How about we teach our, we, we, we need to kind of go deeper, further than that, Technicia. We need to teach our children something like, you must be so proud of yourself. See, we want to feed that to them so that they become proud of themselves and love themselves and honor themselves. Not that they feel that they are being validated by a parent. We, you know, we have to start, it's not it, just, you know, I know that it's real, really well-meaning to tell a child all the time, I'm so proud of you, I'm so proud of you. We want to go better, we want to do better than that. We want to make the child proud of themselves. So that when those bad thoughts, when those negative thoughts come in, they guard those thoughts. And if you're parenting, guard your mouth. Children will suppress what they have heard from their parents from years of growing up. And their their mental interpretation of themselves from years of verbal abuse can really instill rejection and fear. And that's what I did. Uh, That was what I was taught. That was my mind conditioning. So if your child is being told that they didn't do good yesterday or that, you know, they'll never become something tomorrow or, you know, they'll, you know, they're not worthy of something or, you know, or how about this one? I hear this from parents all the time. You know, uh, you know, I'll give you this if you do, if you do good in that. That's, we have to stop doing that. It, we're, 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 we're rewarding our kids for us validating them. 
there's this supposed to feel worthy for how they are, no matter how they do something. And if they don't want to do it, if they don't feel, look, you got to let it go. That, that, that pushing, you know, because then you push them into a mental place that is so far away from reality. All they hear in their thinking mind is what they weren't, what they're not, what they will never be, who they're not as good as, you know, uh, as, you know, uh, you know, or who, what they'll never be if they don't dot, dot, dot. So as a result, children and adults alike, they lose their ability to feel love for themselves, which is truly a death of the spirit. And this is one of the greatest tragedies in life. And instead of experiencing love and peace in the present moment, they experience fear and conflict internally. And this is where the suffering begins. Again, this is where the pain turns into suffering. It begins in the mind. Negative thoughts about ourselves or a situation causes suffering. Full stop. End of story. And, and all of that negative, all the negative things that we were told of ourselves get stored in our mental warehouse. You've got to let it go, even as an adult. I mean, for you know, 10, 15 years after a divorce uh, from my son's father, I mean, he just constantly, he just always told me by text, by letter, by email that I was a loser, <laughs> you know, but you don't take ownership of it. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Guard your thoughts, you know, uh, know that there is nothing more precious than you in this moment, uh, than me in this moment. So in this moment, guard your thoughts like you're guarding your life. Fix your mind on your truth and begin to plant new seeds that will grow you into an empowering, dynamic, and positive person. Right. Um, What exactly, Lily, blocks us from spiritual transmutation and self-growth since we're talking about guarding our thoughts? And how can we unleash these blockages? Okay. So, you know, it's interesting because, and I know I talk about this, you know, spiritual transmutation. It's, it's almost really a transferring of energy, if you will, meaning our bodies are made up of complete energy. And I'm sure you know this. I mean, you've read plenty of books, Technicia, and you've, you've, probably had many, many uh, guests that are, you know, energy healers and, you know, what (laughs) you name it. So these emotional energies in our body, they fill up all of the space within the body. And these emotional energies is where our pain comes from. That's the core energy, which is, you know, everything that stems from pain. Like, you know, I'm I'm not, I'm not being good enough. Uh, I'm not, I'm, you feel shame or hurt, disappointment, abuse, you know, anything that's been collected and stored from a lifetime and, and lifetimes, if, if you will. Now, we, we can't, we, we don't actually transmute. So, so when we think about energy, think about spiritual. I, people get all caught up in like spiritual, the word spirituality. It's very simple. I want all the listeners to understand this is how simple it is. It's nothing weird. It's nothing guru. Here's how I explain it, and I explain this in the Truth of Triumph. Don't get caught up in the words. If it's not physical, where you, you could touch your body, then it's spiritual. That's it. That's it. So now when we talk about uh, transmuting, you know, this energy, 
that's what I talk about when I talk about spiritually. So what we're doing is we're learning to transfer the energy. So we're letting that energy out from the body, out from the spirit, into the universe, into wherever, and letting in and holding on to the energy of love, which love being the most powerful energy in existence. The uh, love can't even house fear. It has fear has nothing over love. Once we start to do that, then we can begin. We, so we're transferring that fear energy out and everything that comes along with fear, all of those bad negative emotions that bring us pain and lead us into suffering transferring that and the transfer in is love every single time we always want to come back you know to 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 love and what we need to begin to do is start to see ourselves from soul level through the eyes or the lens of your soul so and you know that means letting go and this is, we start to like build these new relationships with ourselves and, um, and that spiritual being within you, um, that's letting go of that linear concept of thinking and allowing this multidimensional concept as your new reality. And when you come into this awareness and you see that you are so much more than this vehicle that our bodies that house the soul, then the potential is there to unlock anything and everything your heart desires because you will be in this harmonious matrimony, which is what I I was trying to explain earlier, if you will, with yourself, with you and your inner child. This is the relationship that we want to strive for because this is our divine connection to oneness. Sure. It sure is. I would definitely agree with you on that, Lily. But now we're talking about love, which is Absolute, and we talk about fear, mm-hmm. which is an illusion. How come mm-hmm. we lose our in this illusion? Because a few times in my book, Truth to Triumph, I mentioned that we knew love all along, but have forgotten it because of all of the madness in the world around us in our in, in our life situations. So, to the extent that we forget who we are, Technicia, that piece of divine oneness in which we're all connected. We also forget love. And so we fall into this bottomless pit of pain. And that pain brings us choices. We will either right. remember to love or act out unlovingly. It's going to be one or the other. There's only those two forces, love and fear, right? Good and evil. Uh, if you're looking at it from a religious standpoint, God and the devil, you know, whatever it is. But it's love and fear. Those are those two energies. But uh, like I said before, fear has nothing over love. Love is the most powerful. And when we act out unlovingly, it means we're still frightened. We're still living in fear. Okay. We want to choose love, you know, so we want to choose love and not fear. The goal for us is always to return home. And when I speak of home, I speak of love. You know what? I will have to say that I think fear is an an illusion now that I'm thinking of it because just like the media, it plays off our fear. Oh, this is going to happen the same way when the store tells you, oh, it's closed, it's closing. Everything plays off our 
fear. Fear is the big main factor people make profit off of uh, most of the time. So yes, I'm uh, definitely and I. Yes, and, and I was thinking of my affirmations, um, which I would definitely love to give you, email that to you, because it works so many wonderful affirmations, putting that positivity in, into your life. And I think it would be just great for you to be part of our community because it's, it's a free service and it's definitely something that adds value. I know I keep saying adding value, but that's what we do. That's what I love to do, add value to other people's lives. Um, now, Yes, I would you, love that. Absolutely. Email that to me because when, when you're talking about fear, that was um, – it is an illusion. We're, we're going around fearing something that hasn't happened. Right. And uh, Right? And, you know, you can't fear something that's already happened. Uh, and you're fearing something ahead of you that hasn't even happened, which is which is crazy. I talk about in my book, um, The Little Liar on Your Shoulder, and uh, yes. I love that chapter. And the little liar on your shoulder is fear. Fear is that little guy on your shoulder that tells you it's much safer to stay here, right where you are, stagnant and on the road headed in the opposite direction of love. Right? It's that little guy. Sometimes it's a big guy. And he says, don't do it. It's not safe. You know, or now you, now look what you've done. You know, what a mess you're in. Or I told you, I told you this would happen. You know, those, mm-hmm. those things constantly instilling and keeping us in a state of fear. And, and all it does is it blocks out love and the possibilities of choosing a loving life. It is so debilitating that we tend to lose our capability to, to love. Super dark path to walk. You know, conversely, if you live in love, is to blow the little liar off your shoulder every single time. And it really allows innate to take over and intuition mm-hmm. to steer the wheel. You know, this body is a vehicle, but it's driven by the heart. You know, you, yeah. your intuition, your heart will never let you down. And I'm not suggesting to all of these listeners today, I'm not suggesting that fear doesn't come knocking. In fact, it never misses an opportunity. What I'm saying is, right, right, no matter what, every time you turn around, yeah, especially when you feel like, oh, I'm really flying high, I'm so connected right now, or I'm really, right, and then all of a sudden, boom, knock, 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 something comes, you know, some that little guy on your shoulder, but blow the, yes, blow it off your shoulder, yes, and I know that we are it is, and that's 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 that little devil. You got the devil and the angel fighting one another. That devil, he he's so funny. He sneaks up every time. And I know that we short on time, but I was thinking about your chapter, in in regards in relation to what you were just talking about with the fear that we all have a crucifier, and that that one person every time you turn around, God dang, here they go again. Why don't you go somewhere and sit down? You at my door in five minutes. You look like you're popping up at my job. It could be spiritual. I, I think it could be physical person. It could be a spirit. Uh, um, as I said, a spiritual um, being as well. It just they just pop up. They like a little a little neck off their wall. What am I on the right path with that? Yes. What is that? And how can yes. it help us live? Yeah, so the crucifier, that is the last chapter of my book, Truth to Triumph. And, and it's that one person, and you're absolutely spot on. It is that one person in your past or your current life situations that seem to never let up on you. 
It's as if that Ooh, person yeah. made this unconscious lifetime vow to just bleed you out until the day one of you leaves this earth. You know this person. Right. Every listener has it, right? This is that yes, unconscious human that shows up unannounced every time you let your spiritual guards down. No matter yeah. where you are, this person, he enters in like a thief in the night, attempting to rob you joy every time you forget <laughs> that you are worthy, mm-hmm. that you are beautiful, that you are loving, and you are a conscious soul. This is your crucifier. Mm-hmm. And for some... Their crucifier is someone none other than themselves. And, and many, you know, that ha- experience that, can, it manifests as an addiction or a strong sense of emotional self-condemnation, you know, uh, cutting, um, anorexia, um, uh, a workaholic, all of the above. All of the unconscious actions, as hateful as they seem, are nothing less than divine, though. Why? Because the crucifier triggers us into releasing the baggage or the blockages, if you will, that stop us from living our truth. And when I say the blockages, Mm -hmm. I'm talking about within ourselves. It really, this is so critical to, to, to explain this and for listeners to understand that it allows us to painfully be honest with ourselves and how we feel about a situation. It also invites us to do a self-inquiry. And in that Mm self-inquiry, can you exercise love and acceptance for all that is? And in that self-inquiry, can you still rise above the chaos of the dark energy in a person, in a situation? And can you walk in the light and love someone you completely disagree with? Of course you do. You've just got to stay in the light. You do. You have to stay focused. That's that. That's a self-evaluation that you have to take on yourself. But Lily, I want to thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation here. This was so powerful to me. I think this was so moving. As I said, listeners, please make sure you you share this. Please pick up Lily Sanders' book. You can get it at um, retail paperback for nineteen ninety five on Kindle seventeen ninety five, and it's also available on Amazon. Check out her website, lilysanders.live. This is truly a book that's going to get you to get up off your tutu and put in action. No more positivity. We could talk positive all day, but this is about action. And, and in regards to that, you know I got to give you my truth of the day, which correlates with our show, which is amazing. Um, you do not deserve to suffer. God did not create this beautiful planet for all of us to suffer. He put us here to be happy, Somewhere through our creation, choices were made, and suffering, human pain was introduced. Suffering is a choice you choose when you put your energy towards selfish pleasures. Forgive yourself. God does. Your suffering will not heal our planet. Gain a clear vision of your purpose in order to free yourself from your suffering. Guilt, as it serves no purpose for good today. Forgive yourself. Let go of any suffering you may be experiencing. Enjoy the day. And those are the words from my friend and former guest, Mary Ellen and it's amazing how she always has the truth of the day right on time. But I appreciate everyone for joining me in the middle of the day. As I said, make sure you share this replay because there's somebody out there who needs to be listening to this. And I thank you so much. And I'll see you the next time on The Bright Side with Technicia. God bless. Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com.